What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 126 of the Frame Skip Podcast. I am Austin Eller, co-hosting this week, along with my three pals in crime and in what God, what is the place that Final Fantasy 16 is set in? Because I can never remember the name. I was gonna Val- say Valistia. Valistia. I cannot remember yeah. that. You know who's from Valistia? Seth Slakehouse. How's it going, Seth? Dude, it's going super well. It is. It's going great. Uh, I spent six hundred dollars on an air conditioner yesterday. Ooh. And I've, it, it's a purchase that I've been avoiding for some time, but it, I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, that's, it was like ni- it was like ninety degrees and one hundred percent humidity yesterday, and I just couldn't take it. That's uh. Is it a wall unit? Uh, like a window, window unit. unit. Sorry, it's yeah, a window, window unit. Yeah. That's double the price of a Final Fantasy sixteen collector's edition. So yeah, oh, I hope you, it you was know, worth I, it. Well, I was just showing that collector's edition <laughs> off that I got, and I, I was telling you guys it wasn't worth it. And uh, Square Enix getting real bold with those prices. Let me tell you what I, I posted a tweet today, or yes, yesterday, maybe the day before. Can't remember. All my time is relative. Um, that said that Square Enix's new Play Arts Kai figures are as expensive as sideshow collectibles and Hot Toys figures. Holy crap! And um, they're just they're they're out of they're out of their minds. I know Hot Toys was always like, you know, the crown jewel when it came to, yeah, price. So, so I think I think I paid two hundred and fifty for my Asuka Hot Toys, and the new Play Arts Kaya figures that are coming out are like two ten, two twenty. Jeez, and it's just it's a massive step down in quality, and I'm not sure what sort of crack they're smoking <laughs> at the Skernix headquarters, but it must be some good stuff. Well, uh, you, you know what? Speaking of some good stuff here, I'm also joined by George from Short Box Summary. George, what's up, man? I had a dream about Final Fantasy 16 last night. I am so <laughs> freaking obsessed with this game. I am not a normal person anymore. I am a Final Fantasy head, which is funny. Are you a dominant, only, George? I've, I've, I've only beaten one. No, I'm a. I am not. Like I can't pretend that. No. <laughs> but I also I might be. <clears throat> I think I'm in love with a fictional character. I think this is the first time this has ever happened. I don't know if I'm in love with Sid or if I just desperately wish to be Sid. But goddamn, is that dude just consuming so much of just like my extra brain horsepower? I'm just like, man, Sid wouldn't sit here and write, you know online advertisements for this bullshit <laughs> company like they would he, he would do something much better he would save the realm is what he would do he'd use his abilities to you know bring better life to those across the world so he's sitting there he's smoking like cigarillos like yeah. i used to smoke cigarillos I know. like it's good stuff yeah yeah he uses magic to light them oh so yes you know what <laughs> you know what just we're on the topic of magic so let's talk about the magic of the coach kyle newman how's it going coach pretty good i also had a dream about a video game last night true story too i dreamt that i defeated the white lionel (laughs) so this morning i woke up after i was done writing prepped my character and i went and i destroyed three white lionels this morning so let me ask you this coach because i don't know that we've i can't remember if it's been brought up on the show what is the uh i know why but what is the obsession reason behind the obsession with lionels for you in rather the wild and tears of the kingdom well because that's how you upgrade your barbarian armor 
So level one is easy, right? It's it has nothing to do with Lionels, but level two you need red Lionel parts. Level three you need blue, and then level four, which is the max level for that armor set, you need white um, white armor. But yeah, they're fun. I love just going and just destroying them. It's, I don't know what it is, but it's just fun. Like, you sound like you have issues. That's all I can maybe. say. <laughs> just destroying like, those horsemen. Just to, yes, to just be in like slow mo with um, either a three shot or five shot Lionel bow and just knock it out half its hit points. And then you jump on the back and you just take it out. Oh, it's such a good feeling. <laughs> so, but I got to get better because I'm doing it in a way where um it's not like i have to start practicing my my um with my shield like stunning them with my shield because there are i want to say five in the floating coliseum there's like five or six that yeah. you've got to take and you can't like be on a high ledge and float down and then you know stop time and no you have to know how to fight them so that's going to be my next my next uh training for the next month or so and then i'm going to take it on i don't think i've fought any actually so far in tears of the kingdom i i, I never i came across a couple of them but i've just always run away because i'm like oh man I, I don't even want to deal with this right now <laughs> so Anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us tonight and, and listening into the show. We're, we've got a lot we want to talk about, and I think we should just kind of jump right into our, our big topic of the show, which, of course, is Final Fantasy 16, which has been out now, I guess, for what? It was last Thursday, so it's been out for a little under a week, about five days at time of recording. So we've all, except for Coach, had a good chunk of time put into the game so far and just wanted to give us a chance to talk about it because I think, from what it sounds at least, all three of us that have been playing it are really on the same page with this game. So, George, I want to give you the chance first because you were actually playing the game right before the show. What do you think about Final Fantasy sixteen so far? I'm worried that the reason I like it so much is because it's such a departure from every uh, every other Final Fantasy game. So I went ahead and downloaded everything available Final Fantasy on PlayStation Plus. And I, I think I told you guys like a, a few weeks ago, I was like, this is going to be JRPG summer for me. Like, I know 16 isn't a JRPG, but it's JRPG adjacent. So I was going to count it. Um, this game is, like I said, just all consuming. I think it is such a cool game. I think it is such a well-made game. And Austin, like you mentioned before, like there are issues with it, but I just don't care about the issues because I'm enjoying everything else about it so much. And it's like a pretty barren world, but it's a really pretty world. So I like looking at it, even though there's not a whole lot to do. And the side quests are kind of uh, kind of bad, to be completely honest. I haven't done yes. anything especially interesting so far. And I just got to the first mission where it was just like, hey, um, this is kind of a big deal. Um, things are going to be different after you do this. Are you sure you want to do this mission? And that just made me intrigued. I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to go ahead with this mission. You're absolutely right, I do. And uh, I'm, I think I've beat the boss fight of that mission just before we started recording. And so I'm like dying for this episode to already be over, just so I can go back and like see the fallout of what just happened. This game has taken over my life in a way that very few games have in the last few years. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 really 
really, really good. Then I'll I'll give my thoughts after I give Seth a chance to give his piece. Seth, what do you think about Final Fantasy 16 so far? Um, I think it's phenomenal. Every uh, part of this game is just exceptionally high budget. Um, especially the cutscenes, but I'm I'm really amazed with what they were able to pull off in such a short amount of time with the art direction and the uh, just the absolute quality of the game. Uh, like George said, there's a, there's a few things I don't like, but they're not anything enough to distract me from the the, the joy I'm having with the game. Um, I agree about the the side quests, and I agree about um, the the world, but I I think it's fine. Uh, like like it is a gorgeous world, and the characters are phenomenal in the game. So I'm having a blast, and just just the absolute cinematic quality of it. It's like it's like I'm sitting there with I should grab a, a bucket of popcorn when I'm playing the game because there's just so much to look at. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, and I just to give my thoughts here, I, I agree with everything you guys have said. I mean, I think it's and just for some clarity, I know I've brought this up on the show before. I don't have a long history with Final Fantasy. I think Seth, out of all of us, you you certainly do have the the longest um history with the series. But for me, you know, I've played a lot of 14. I played and loved 15 and then 16 now. And I've played some of seven. I've pl- played probably about 20 hours of seven. But this game for me, um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really, really special. It was, it's been my most anticipated game for a long time, really ever since it was announced. And for me, it's totally lived up to the hype. I mean, I I 100% agree with you guys that there are issues in the game. I think the side quests are just extraordinarily forgettable. But I think at the same time, the, the, while that is the case, I haven't felt like I've missed anything by not doing the side quests. Like I've done a right. few of them and just kind of was like, well, that wasn't very good. So I'm just going to mainline, <laughs> mainline the game. Mm. And so far, like I haven't been punished for not getting the experience from those side quests or anything of that sort. So um, it's not like it's not like they're sec- like especially punishing, though, either. I yeah. mean, I've done every side quest in the game so far. I've made it a point to like pick them up when I do them. Yeah. And the combat is so good and they're so quick that they haven't bothered me at all doing them. Yeah. Either. You know, I did one yesterday and it was like, yeah, go to the main little hub area where, you know, your, your base is and take three food bowls to these three people sitting here. I'm like, oh, OK, this is not. This is very like Final Fantasy 14 side quest right. type yeah, setup. That, <clears throat> there's others, and I, I totally agree, where it just feels like ripped out of an MMO. Where yeah. it's like, oh, go to this farmland. There's there's hornets there. It's like, okay. And then I go and I kill eight hornets, and they're like, thank you so much, man. You saved us. <laughs> I was like, it's like, is this a little beneath me? Like, I don't want to be rude. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to act like I know we're trying to build a better realm. I'm not trying to act like I'm too good for anything here. But like you're telling me, no other dude over here could have killed eight eight killer bees. Okay, all right, that's fine. I'm glad I was here. But damn. <laughs> how so? Let me ask you guys this: how how much have you played, or how far are you in non spoiler? Is there a way to to say that? I guess for me, I can just say I'm I've defeated the second icon that you fight. So I am about seven or eight hours in. I think something in that realm. If I had to guess. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the exact same spot you are. Well, not the exact. I think I'm. I'm like, like right there, slightly behind you, 
because I just started um, the quest after that. Yeah. But that's where I am. I am like 15 hours into the game. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew you were quite a bit ahead of us. Like I said, I just got to the first mission where it was like, hey, things are going to be different after this. Are you sure you want to do this? Is there anything you want to do before we do this? I was like, no, no, I'm cool. Like, I I think there's like two or three side missions that I assume I'll still be able to go back and do. But for the most part, like I'm with you where it's just like, I just want this story. Like, I think Clive is such an interesting character. And Sid and, and Jill, like I'm just loving everyone so yeah. far. Yeah, dude. The the twist at the end of that demo completely threw what I thought this game was gonna be about on yep. its head. And I did not see like the themes coming whatsoever. And it's very refreshing to play a game um that's as dark as this. And it's yeah, I'm having a blast. I'm really, really enjoying myself. Unfortunately, I'm having a weird thing right now in my life where I don't think I'm sleeping very well. So every time like I relax, I fall asleep. <laughs> like, I'm just I'm I'm uh, yeah I just I can't play like I've fallen asleep playing Final Fantasy 16 maybe four times since it came out and I just I just can't I can't do something without falling asleep. Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I um I mean, what do you guys think about this whole conversation? I'm just curious on on y'all's thoughts. You know, this whole thing has been going around on social media about is this or is this not a Final Fantasy game? Seth, what do you think about that? Because you you've again, you've got the longest history with the franchise. What do you think about that whole topic that's been across the internet the past few days? I think the internet's stupid. Um because this is clearly a mainline Final Fantasy game. Square says it's a mainline Final Fantasy game. The only reason people have issue with it is because Final Fantasy since the PS2 era has been moving away slowly from the classic turn-based setup. Um and that's okay. Um Final Fantasy historically has always been at the forefront of technology and um video game innovation. And this game is probably the prettiest game I've ever played. And yeah. um its combat f- it feels phenomenal. And that is the only listen, the only reason that we had turn-based combat back in the day was because it was a product of the times. And People need to accept that and let it go. And there is um, a Final Fantasy that ha- is turn-based that Square Enix is currently making. It, you, got, you got Octopath Traveler, you got Bravely Default, and those games are phenomenal. Um, and you know the Dragon Quest series, although I think that's uh, going action-based as well. But people just need to let go of this whole like it, it's, it's not a real Final Fantasy game because it's not turn-based, like. Get over it. That's what I think. <laughs> George, what do you think? I think what a video game isn't, sorry, what a video game does isn't as important as how a video game makes you feel. And like, granted, like you said, I don't have like the deepest relationship with Final Fantasy, but like I put a lot of time into Final Fantasy 3. I beat Final Fantasy 5. And I put probably 10 hours into 8. And it's just like, oh no, like this feels like those other games. Like just the way the world is constructed, the the sense of danger, the sense of adventure, like everything except the combat feels like Final Fantasy to me. So like, how is that not a Final Fantasy game? You know? And like, I I totally agree with Seth saying that like, oh, turn base was like a product of the times, just because like they couldn't do what they 
probably wanted to do originally on the NES, and they just like stuck with it because they thought that's what it was. But like, I don't know. I don't think a game is its mechanics necessarily, even though like I think mechanics are probably the most important part of a game. But like, I don't know. Like the vibes are there for Final Fantasy. Like I definitely feel like I've seen so many of these aspects before in other games. This is the discourse. Also, like they said, they said the same. They said the same thing about Final Fantasy 15. They said the same thing about Final Fantasy 13. Yes. Like anytime a Final Fantasy game comes out, there's always jackasses who come out and say like, mm, "This isn't. This isn't real. This isn't the way I remember it." So it's got to be bad. It's got to be wrong. It's like no, that's not how it works. Well, but yeah. this is this is like your high fantasy Final Fantasy game that people have been asking for since like Final Fantasy 12, and. There's always this discourse around Final Fantasy, like you said, George. This is exactly the, the same conversation that we got around the Final Fantasy 13 games, which, you know, um, people have started to come around on them a decade later and start claiming they're good games. I don't necessarily agree with that, but um, then this is the same conversation we had around 15. And 15, I don't understand how you can play 15 and think that after that the series is going to go back to a turn-based right. game because like there's i don't know i i guess there, there's a bit of an identity crisis in the final fantasy fandom because none of the games connect and they're all so drastically different ever since we got final fantasy 10 all the games core gameplay loop has been massively different um so i guess that that's going to kind of breed this discussion because there's been such a long time between um, main releases that because I, I don't really consider 15 a real mainline release, considering it was supposed to be part of the 13 um, series. In my mind, it kind of goes like 13 and then I don't count 14, 15 and then 16. Uh, but there's almost an entire generation between 13 and 16. Yeah. And for a lot of people, 13 was the first game in that series they played. They became a Final Fantasy fan because of 13 and the 13 trilogy. And now you're playing 16 and it's like, wow, that is a completely different experience. And then, you know, you could say the same thing for people that started with 15 or, you know, 12. So just the, the nature of the Final Fantasy series and how drastically the games differ from each other and how they don't connect. I think it, it breeds this discussion a lot, but it's a maturity thing too. I mean, you got to remember that like you can literally be talking to an ape online and they can, they can, they can give you any sort of opinion, you know? Yeah. I think people forget that. Like, yeah. You'd you be talking to like the dumb, dumbest person of all time online and they could be giving you your opinion. You're like, Oh yeah. I, um, frankly, I don't know if it's a bad thing that the games are different. You know, I, I think that's actually right. kind of a good thing that the games are willing to change and, and be different in the ways that they are. And I mean, this game, even compared to 15, which is so is so action heavy, this the combat in this game is much more precise. I mean, it, it still feels yes. totally different than 15 did. So and I just got to say this, I mean, the combat is so well done in 16 i mean it, it just feels so exhilarating yes. there's something about it something about playing mm -hmm. the combat in this game that just i don't know like it gives you the tools and it lets you use them however you want and it, it feels almost platinum games-esque in a way and i know that they 
have done some work on this, but the difference for me is Platinum Games, a lot of their, their combat systems feel very light and floaty, almost button mashy. I don't quite feel that with this. It's almost like a, a mix between those kind of super fast, like nonstop combats and something more tactical, like a Dark Souls type thing. And I, I really appreciate the the way the combat plays in this game. So, yeah, um, I guess the person who made Devil May Cry is is also made this game. Um, he helped or he helped make the combat in Devil May Cry, and you can kind of feel that in this because Devil May Cry Five is probably the best action game I've ever played, and and that's saying a lot because you know I've played quite a few. Yeah, uh, it's, it's sort of it, action RPG is like my favorite genre. Mm-hmm. Um. But you can feel the Devil May Cry 5 in this game, I think. And yeah, I agree with you, Austin. Dude, my favorite thing is is the, the perfect dodges or whatever. Dude, it's so well, good. Yeah. When that when they like slow-mo hits and yeah. Um It's very like Bayonetta esque. Yeah. If it, absolutely phenomenal. What what are you guys' like uh, go to techniques in the game? Ooh, um, you know, I really like, and I, I try not to overuse it, but I really like the lunge where you like hit square and X at the same time and rapidly yeah. like advance onto somebody. That's a really useful tool. And then as much as possible, I've been trying to get used to, I'll just say without spoiling the set or I guess the first icon that you acquire I've been trying to get used to um, the pull mechanic from that and like jumping into the air and pulling other enemies close to you while you're in the air and fighting them in the air and then slamming them down. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. What about you, George? The That pull mechanic is hands down my favorite one, which yeah. sucks because like, I think the offensive parts of that, uh, that icon are kind of weak. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. seems like better for like crowd control or like aerial combat, I, I guess. Um, but even that I think is like being kind of generous, but trying to like master the timing between like getting like a pull with that icon and then switching back to Phoenix still midair to do a slam. Like it's just, it's so satisfying. It feels so good. Yeah. And you're right. Like the way I think like, like people like to make fun of destiny and like, I get it, but like, I still have never played a game with like a better headshot ever, you know, like pulling off something, <laughs> pulling off like a pistol or like a hand cannon headshot in Destiny is like the greatest gun feeling ever in a video game. And like, you, I think you guys are right. Like dodging in this game is the best feeling of dodging in any game I've ever played. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. And, you know, I will say this, the one mechanic I've struggled to to get used to, I'm still trying to figure it out, is the one where you attack at the same time that they're attacking you. I feel like oh, I, haven't, I haven't I haven't quite narrowed that. Perry, yeah. Yeah, I um, I was able to parry the, that second icon quite a bit because nice. Um, I didn't know so you can pretty much charge up that that Dude. flame blade ability yes. at any point in time. Anytime. So, so mm. you can while you're lunging, if you're holding that button in, pretty much immediately after you hit, it's ready, and you can you can combo those together. And I did something I didn't know you could do either. I don't even know how I physically held the controller. I think my my thumb was a little sideways, but I used the um the Phoenix circle like dash attack thing, whatever it is, where you like dash up to an enemy. 
I held that and held square at the same time. And that also you can charge while you're dashing, which is uh, amazing. It's kind of a weird like you've got to hold your finger a certain way to do it. But yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff with the combat in the game. And in my last bit, because I don't want to leave coach hanging for too long, I want to give coach a chance to talk okay. about what he's he's got going on. But the last thing I'll say here and then if you guys want to um, add any additional comments too, that's fine, is you can really feel the Final Fantasy XIV running through this game's veins. There are so many good, like, so many good Final Fantasy XIV little, like, Easter eggs and references kind of hidden throughout. The first icon you fight, the the um, soundtrack that plays in the background has tunes from that summons fight in fourteen, which is wonderful. And a lot of the icons I've noticed, their AOE attacks and like their overall attacks are literally just ripped straight from 14, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially the um, that the the well, okay, yeah, the second icon you or the second. Well, which one are we calling the first and second? Secondly, you fight the first one in like the first hour of the game. Okay, not right? that one. I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about the first like actual one up on the castle. Yeah. And then the second yeah, that one felt, different that situation. Felt like the four, that felt like the 14 fight, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and there's... Um, in that second icon fight, there's a, there's a moment where the icon will like shoot forward, which is mm -hmm. literally just a move from 14, which was so cool to see. Dude, so. those, those boss fights are like so crazy that I'm not... I'm not surprised that they're making people's ps5s overheating and like yeah down. have you guys seen this article that the boss fights are making people's yes. PS5s overheat yes I, i'm not surprised because there is so much happening during these boss fights and they're the best part of the game i think that the boss fights i, I mean like i remember that i was thinking that the gameplay was like way too easy and then i got to the, one of the first bosses in the game and it just absolutely Absolutely dominated me. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to stop taking it so easy and just mashing the attack button. Yeah. So it gets pretty tough, honestly. I, I've had a, I haven't died that often, but I've gotten close a couple times. Yeah, I've got, I do. I beat this that that uh, second icon like by the hair of my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know what? And I am going to ask you guys one more question before we, before I ask Coach something. How do you feel about the amount of uh, cinematics in the game? Because I know I've seen some people online saying like, well, it's like you're playing for a few minutes and then you watch a ton of cutscenes." Honestly, I love it because I'm super invested in the story. But I was curious, George, what do you what do you think about the amount of cinematics? I don't know what it is, but for some reason, it's not bothering me here. Like normally it does. I get like really frustrated, which is why like I put... 200 hours into a game last year called Deep Rock Galactic, and there's literally no cutscenes in that. There's only, like, you know, animations that run during loading screens. Like, that. that's all it is. And so normally that shit pisses me off and, like, makes me want to turn off the game or, like, you know, oh, great, another cutscene. Then I, like, I'll pull up my phone because, like, I'm not here for this. I'm here for, here for playing it, not watching it. But, man, I'm just, I'm, like, hooked. And, like, even, like, Aaliyah will be, like, walking by, and, like, if there's a cutscene going, like, she'll, like, walk slower. You know, just to like see what's going on on TV. So I think um, I, I, it's doing a really good job. And like, honestly, it's like making me sort of reevaluate every other game I judged on this. 
And so, like, I'm probably going to grab that Metal Gear Solid collection for PlayStation Do 5 when it comes out this fall. Nice. And, just, and just all of a sudden, just, like, being more open to games that uh, are presented a little differently than I would immediately prefer, but uh, or at least held in high regard. But, yeah. yeah, like I said, I'm also, I'm going to go back, like, I'm going to jump from Final Fantasy 16. I hope to beat it in the next, like, two weeks. And then um, I just want to finish Grandia after that on Switch. And then finish Xenoblade Chronicles also on Switch. Like I'm just like okay, like let, let's I'm getting it now. Let let's wrap these up and move on to the sequels. Um, in my opinion, I think they're fantastic. Because here here's the thing, the reality. Final Fantasy games have always been like this. Um, and if it wasn't for these cutscenes happening, we would be clicking X through 45 minutes of text boxes. Um, that's that's what we used to have. That is but so true. Now we have cutscenes. <laughs> Dude, I never thought about it that way. That is so true though. Like yeah. <laughs> these these cutscenes replace those non-ending text boxes and they're just yes. so much more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Uh so. and the, the the cinematic quality, especially when you come when it comes to like the icons and stuff, dude. It's insane. It's so what good. We're yeah. It, this is one of those games where I was like, man, I, I'm so glad I bought the super nice OLED TV last year because it looks just beautiful. Like you said, the icons in particular, like the colors, super oh. well done. So I had to turn HDR off for the game. Did you guys experience really? this at all? No. Yeah. So I think I think my TV has like a fake HDR thing going on because I also had to do this for Jedi Fallen Order because when, when I turn HDR on, everything gets washed out. So like, it, it looks like I, I I'm looking through like a, a white filtered window when I, turn, when I turn HDR on and I, I just, it's unplayable. I, I'm not sure what's going on, but I don't have a, an expensive TV. I have like one of the cheap uh, discount, like 4k TVs. So I gotta get no lead at some point. Do it. It's worth it. <laughs> Cause I've, I've never thought HDR looked good though. So, but, but maybe it's just the TV I have. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't think so either until I bought this current TV. And then that like totally changed my opinion because I, I had one of those um, Roku TVs mm-hmm. before and it had HDR and I was like, oh, maybe this is fine. But then seeing it on our current TV, it is not what I thought I was experiencing over the past few years. <laughs> so, Coach... Uh, are you at all interested in Final Fantasy 16? What do you What do you plan on doing with this game? Is this a game you want to play at some point? At some point, yeah, definitely. I just need to I need to play a little lower level games first, so I could like wrap my head around the whole genre. So, and I thought that was gonna be Star Ocean, right? The remaster. So, but then Pikmin came and. <laughs> So I took a little break from Breath of the Wild and I just couldn't put Pikmin down. So I'm probably about two thirds of the way done. And I just wanted to see how it played with the motion controls. Because I remember when Pikmin 3 came out for the Wii U, right? And there's three control versions. You could use the little pro controller that they called pro controller, right? But they're that little controller... Then you could use the gamepad, which had gyro, or you could use the uh, motion controls. And I hate motion controls. So, but realistically, for that game, the mo- motion controls were the best way to play it. So I wanted to see how 
it played with the Joy-Cons. And it, it played okay, right? So I had fun. I couldn't put it down. And um, But as far as motion controls, the only thing you could do is throw your Pikmin and then call them. That's the only thing you could do with the motion controls. But when you throw your Pikmin, you're you're kind of spamming A, right? Or X, whatever it is. Right. And, and so in order for that to, to be able to be motion control, you have to hold A down. So I don't know about that one. Interesting. But, but it, yeah, but it looks good. It plays like just how I remember back in the early 2000s. I, I played the original on the GameCube. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't read a whole lot about the ports, but I, I think I did read somewhere that they're actually ports of the GameCube versions of the mm -hmm. game, which is interesting. Maybe that's why the motion controls are like that. Yeah, could be. So. Now, um, you played the three, you, you and Andy played three on the Switch. Right. How was that? How was using the, the Joy-Cons? for that no it was good i actually if i'm recalling correctly i think i use the pro controller but the thing was the pro controller has gyro in it too so you could you know walk around like normal just holding a normal controller and then aim using you know by just rotating the the pro controller as needed so i thought that worked really well when i was playing it and i do want to play the the one and two ports at some point we are going to get the uh physical copy when that comes out in september so i'm kind of holding off until then but it looks good i gotta you know what speaking of ports i've got to go back and play the metroid prime remaster at some point i bought that played like an hour and then that was really all i played <laughs> so what game do you think uh nintendo should port from the gamecube library because you got f-zero you have um paper mario thousand year door that one yeah, I would say Paper Mario, which is rumored, right? I mean, there's like a rumor about it. Coming yeah, out. but also you remember, um, shoot, what was that game that uh, it's kind of like a horror game? Eternal Darkness. Yes, Eternal Darkness. Yeah, yes, that game was like it was a cult, like cult classic, like immediately. Yeah, I don't think a lot of copies were sold, but everybody always talked about how that was one of the best games on the during the GameCube era. I never played that game. Mm -hmm. I played it um, in college. It was a lot it was a lot of fun. You guys had mentioned the the Paper Mario thing. If they're remaking um Mario RPG, it would only make sense that Paper Mario is the next logical step, right? Yeah. Because that was like that was like the follow up series to Mario RPG. Yeah. Yeah, it was that and then eventually we got Mario and Luigi, but um Alpha Dream was shut down, so we're not going to get any more Alpha Dream, Mario, and Luigi games, which sucks because those games are really, really good. <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully, it, they have a sub studio that's working on the next. I hope so. Um, Mario and Luigi, because it sounds like I didn't play Origami King and I didn't get through Color Splash. Yeah. But that's, that series has taken a serious turn. And I think for the worst, like I just can't. Like I enjoy playing. I heard Paper the Switch Mario one was still pretty good. I didn't play it though. The Switch one is considered like a return to form. There's still like some annoying tidbits about that game, but like it, it feels way more like Paper Door than, or sorry, Thousand Year Door than 
previous games. Like I remember playing the 3DS one, whatever that game was called. And, like, uh, Sticker game, Star. Yeah, that game fucking sucked, man. That, that game was so bad. Like you like would run out of cards, and like the cards did everything. So it's like, oh, I like I can't jump anymore because I don't have the jump card. Like the fuck are we doing here? Like like it's like it's a Mario game, and I can't jump. Like no, it, yeah. it, it just completely didn't work. I played. Probably like four hours of that game. I was like, I wish I had just set forty dollars on fire because I at least would have been like a little warmer than just from playing this game. Like it was unbelievable decisions behind that. Yeah, color splash actually looked good, right, for the Wii U. Um, but it was just like you get. I think I got about six hours in, and I'm just like, okay, it's the same thing. Like it seemed repetitive. It's so, so weird to me. Like I was in I was in San Francisco for five years, which is like a long time, but I still think of it as like one period of my life as opposed to five years. And like when I first moved to San Francisco, like they were still selling 3DSs at Target. They were still selling Wii U games. Like I remember seeing Color Splash when it like came out. Like and I was just like, oh, should I get it? Should I get, should I like get a game for my Wii U? That would probably be a good decision. And it's just like it feels like it was ten years ago. F- 15 years ago, like the Wii U. It feels like such an ancient console, even though it was, what, 2016 was the last Wii U game? 2017, yeah. right when Breath of the Wild came out on, on Wii U? It's unbelievable. So let me ask you guys this. I actually want to ask a question that kind of ties into both uh, topics we're talking about right now between uh, Paper Mario and its kind of evolution, and then earlier when we were chatting about is Final Fantasy 16 a Final Fantasy game? What series... And I'll go one by one here. What series do you guys think needs to reinvent itself to stay relevant? You know, we've seen God of War, for example, had the old school hack and slash kind of style that then converted into a more almost Dark Souls-esque, not quite there, but somewhat more tactical kind of gameplay. Of course, we've got, again, Final Fantasy 16 now, which kind of builds on what 15 did but you know it's it's reinvented itself so i'm just curious is there a series that you guys feel like has gotten stale that kind of needs that that final fantasy 16 god of war type treatment seth the last the 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 fast of us the last (laughs) of us has gotten stale we need the last of us carding game the fast of uh, us (laughs) Dude, that's good. I like that. <laughs> that's a that's a sacred symbols. I, I can't take the credit for that. That's okay. a, that's a Dustin Furman joke. But um I don't know. I I don't know that there's anything particularly that stands out. The, my initial reaction was Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah. That was the, the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, well, they've done that already. They have. Um so I don't know. And they, they they've reinvented themselves and they did the same mistake again where they're just like, we're gonna crap these games out all over your face whether you like them or not <laughs> and the games they were putting out were great we were just getting so many of them that it was like like listen assassin's creed odyssey and um what was he origins, origins. and um valhalla, valhalla were all great games but they're not gonna be my first in line game right they're like they're like my third or fourth seed so if there's something else that comes out, I'm like, they're immediately getting pushed down over top. I'm going to play before them. And um, it's a shame because there was a lot of stuff in Assassin's Creed Odyssey that I wanted to do. But unfortunately, I'm, I just I'm not going to do it. 
Um, uh, dude, I hundred percent of that game. I checked my clock. I spent a hundred and twenty hours playing that game. That is five days. There are three hundred and sixty-five days in a year, and so for me, there were three hundred and sixty days that year that I didn't play Final, <laughs> like or that I didn't play Assassin's Creed, which is like unreal to just say out loud. And so, like that came out, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla!" And I queued it up. I was like, "Ah oh, shit, this feels just like the last one." <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I played probably 10 hours of it before i was like okay i can't do this right now like i'll come back to it which is what i do with all assassin's creed and far cry games i always spend way too much time with the last one buy the new one get hyped play maybe between five and ten hours and i'm like yeah i need need more time and then come mm-hmm. back to it eventually so i'm excited to go back to the hell but you're right Seth. like it was it was too much for how big the games are right like, yeah because i i got 50 hours into odyssey or something like that and then I then Valhalla came out and I'm like, well, I'm not even going to touch this because I haven't gotten mm-hmm. anywhere close to beating Odyssey. So, but then they just they just dumped them on us and it wasn't it wasn't enough time between games. No, Assassin's Creed should be a 40 hour game. Yeah, right? I agree. Like, yeah, 100 hours to no. 100, 40 hours to 100 percent, and then maybe 18 to 22 hours to beat. Right, just to give people a little little value. Um, as Austin, for your question, I'm actually going to go the opposite way. Like, I think games are too AAA at this point and too expensive and too big. And so I want, like, not quite like D makes, but like, I know the Puppeteer is like a, a favorite game on this show that we're yeah. all like, fuck, that game was really cool. Like, I want more shots in the dark like that to come out. And so, like, I almost want someone to take the budget of a big AAA game and just spread it out over probably like, what four to six games maybe yeah, right? absolutely of, of just like solid quality smaller experiences but like i would rather i'd rather go wide than go tall with dude one game we messed up by like by like getting rid of the double a space i'm playing 40k space marine right now and i'm having an absolute blast i like wait like the like the playstation 3 era one yeah yeah because yeah, that, uh, that game fucking rules yeah that game's yeah great. And it's not like overly big. It's not overly complicated. It's just a classic third-person shooter, and um, it's fun. And there's, there's nothing that's gonna blow you away, right? But like, it's fun. And I felt that same way about like Darksiders. Um, yeah, dude, I these, forgot like, about these, Darksiders. These like silly, these like silly like double A games that were that filled the void. But like, if you were interested in, in the theme and like that kind of stuff, you could have a lot of fun with them. And and I think. Yeah, we need to bring that, those games back because I can kind of I can kind of see how Final Fantasy 16 was able to get it out so fast because like there's there's certain weird things in it that like make it make me believe that like the game came out at the speed that it did right like this the quick travel system constantly yeah that, that, mm-hmm. that fires. I'm like, okay, this is one of the reasons they were able to get this game out so fast. And I'm fine with that. Let's cut the corners off games that we can and get better games out quicker instead of filling these games with fluff all the time. Like Assassin's Creed that's that we just talked about, that is a series that has a ton of fluff in it. That And then the weird thing was, I don't know why Ubisoft made them that big. They're not live service games. You don't need to only play Assassin's Creed. But for some reason, they just saw like Odyssey and Valhalla and Origins. Like we're gonna pack them with as much content as possible, and it's a weird problem to have, right? 
I don't know if they were like copying The Witcher Three, but they they, they were like, we're gonna we're gonna shove so much content into these games that it's going to make people physically ill to beat them. Yeah. The problem is, too, when you get more and more of those games, like I feel that we have, I feel like every year more and more 100 hour games are releasing. It's like, frankly, it's a battle for time. Like, that's why I haven't played any of those or, you know, really had the time to dive deep into stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and, you know, even Cyberpunk to an extent, like just all these massive games that are releasing I don't know. I guess this is a totally separate conversation, totally unrelated to the initial question I asked, but I am so much of the mindset of, man, I wish we had stuff that was like sub 50 hours. I'm I'm kind of oh, over yeah. the like up uh, games that are above 50, which I think is why Tears of the Kingdom started to kind of lose me, to be honest with you. Like I I I want to go back to it at some point, but I just there's so much coming out already. I feel like I don't have time for a hundred hour game. <laughs> Dude, when, when when I look at my summer right now, right? Like I've got Final Fantasy 16 coming out or that just came out. And then I've got Tales into Reverie, which is going to be my Kiseki game this summer. And then right after that, I've got Sea of Stars. And then after that, at some point, I've, I think I've got another RPG in the fall. And it's like, these games are all going to take me a month or more to beat. You know, I don't have I don't have time for anything that's smaller than than that. So, yeah, I, I agree with the, the sentiment that games games are fine coming out at 20 hours, 15 hours. I'm cool with that, yeah. dude. That's a great that's a great time for video games. Um, I don't but need to put just, 100 hours in each game. I just looked it up like on how long to beat. It has Assassin's Creed Odyssey at 142 hours. Jesus. And Watch Dogs Watch Dogs Legion at 100 percent is like 40 and a half hours. I think that's like a great value, right? Like it's there. If you want to complete everything, it's going to take you a minute. But like with the main stories, let's see, 18 hours, main and extra 32 hours. It's like, okay, that's like beautiful, a a realistic game. You know, that's like something I can actually imagine myself beating in a reasonable amount of time. And like I if I were 10 years old and getting Assassin's Creed Odyssey, holy fuck, would that be the coolest thing ever? Because I was 10 years old playing i don't know fucking gun griffin blaze or x team on playstation 2 right just like these games that were kind of okay and they were they were fucking five hours long you know and i was like well that sucks but uh bitch i am 32 now i do not have 144 hours to beat your game like to get the platinum trophy in it so god damn like and you don't have the money to like pay people to build a game that's 142 hours, 145 hours, whatever it is. So it's like, let's meet in the goddamn middle, pay your people more to work less, and, like, give me less game to just get lost in, you know? Like, it's yeah. okay. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be okay. Dude, that's so yeah. true. I was gonna say, for my answer, then, Coach, I'll let you go, just because this kind of ties into the topic we're already talking about here. You know, games being too long i think the king of that right now and as much as i love this game when i when it came out the the more i've thought about it in hindsight the less i've wanted to go back to it is um forza horizon 5 like i feel like that series has kind of lost its way at this point i think it's i don't know how that series could be reinvented but the problem i had with 5 is it relies so heavily almost on that games as a service model where 
you've got these challenges kind of like in destiny you had you had your bounties or whatever they were called you've got these challenges that like you have to do every week to get a certain car every week and it was just like this never ending loop of you know man you got to you got to stay on top of the game you got to play 15 hours every single week or you're not going to be up to date with everybody else and it's like man this is a racing game this is a yeah. game about driving cars you know cool cars around a big world and now the focus is on games as a service models yeah. so why, why are you treating it like a part-time job yeah. that doesn't pay me right yeah one one thing i, I do want to say though is that i think there is a place for the hundred hour game yes and like for instance the kaseki games that that i've been um steamrolling through they are hundred hour games and but the story moves at a snail's pace and they take their time building every little part of that world and really building the characters in like the Game of Thrones approach, right? Where like you know these characters very intimately by the end of the game. It's not just filled with fluff. Um, so that's what makes those games so appealing to people that love world building and and character building and stuff like that. But yeah, something something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's just fluff. It's just, it's a, it's, it's packed with nonsense. So I did want to say that before we moved on. Yeah. That's the thing is those 100 hours have to be worth it. You know, yeah. it has to be content that's actually compelling. So coach, what's your answer for this? Do you have a, a game or a series that you'd like to see kind of, um, remixed kind of rejuvenated? Yeah, definitely. Um, either Star Fox or, uh, the one that I really would like to see is Donkey Kong. So if like the next Donkey Kong that releases is the side scroller that we've gotten the last couple, right? Yeah. That'd be fine. I'd be happy with it and play the hell out of it. But something like um, the last Mar, if you put it back into a 3D space uh, and do it right, I think that would be fun. Yeah, honestly, I think that'd be cool to see because when it comes to like 3D platformers with Nintendo, we really don't get many of them. Uh, it's very infrequent. I mean, I know we, we get the Marios every six, seven years, but it's rare that we actually get a big like 3D platformer. So it'd be interesting to see that with Donkey Kong or even something, you know, something kind of different. So <laughs> let me let me ask you, you Nintendo nerds over here. I've been thinking about this once in a while. Where does Super Smash Brothers go from here? Dude, I don't because know. Because at this point, you can't just make another one, right? The the latest one has everybody in it. And it's like it's like generally considered like a a, a living game at this point. Where where could it possibly go? Do they make they make another one that doesn't have as many characters? They can't do that. It's weird. I think as far as the competitive scene, like you got two camps. You have the original GameCube, right? Melee. And then you have the newest one. So, of course, Nintendo wants you to play the newest one. But people are still having um, tournaments with Melee. So, I think it would take a lot for people to just ditch uh, this last Smash Brothers and do something new. But like you said, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. I mean... Like do? like we're talking about, this is what I brought it up, is that the game would almost have to completely reinvent itself in order to be to justify its purchase. Because the Smash Brothers Ultimate, that's what, that's what it's called, right? Smash yeah. Brothers Ultimate? 
Yeah, it has so many characters in it that like, and they're so so well crafted too. That even someone like me really got into it. Um, where I was like, all right, I'm gonna get all these Fire Emblem characters, I'm gonna get these Final Fantasy characters. Like, I'm I'm in, you know. Um, but I can't imagine them making another Smash Brothers and them being like, here's the selling point. It's got half the characters. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the owner wa- or the owner. I don't think the main developer wants to do that again. No, mm. he said he's, he's so like, done. Yeah, yeah. Masahiro Sakurai. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they're gonna just do like, um, like. There's no reason we shouldn't have gotten a new Mario Kart game, right? Because like Mario Kart Eight Deluxe was a port of the Wii U version, and so it's just like, all right, let's see what you can do when you really cut loose on Switch. And they basically just released a new one just as DLC. So like, I wonder. If it's just going to be character packs like coming forward, right? Where it's like you yeah. basically get like uh, the Switch 2, whatever it is, like you get Smash Brothers Ultimate, and it's just every character that ever released as the base game, right? Like that becomes like the new standard, and then they just add more characters to it. And it's, I don't know, like does it does it get lame from there, right? Because like they've added so many Nintendo characters, it's like, all right, fuck, is this like. Is this when it becomes multiverses? Like, are we yeah. gonna have SpongeBob in in Smash Brothers, right? Because it's like, where else do you go? It's like, are they gonna add the Ninja Turtles to to Smash Brothers? Like, I think it's it's a borderline dangerous like era to be in for them, just like brand wise, right? Because like you're right, dude. Like they maxed out their credit card on this one, not like with the cost of the game, but it's just like like we like what the fuck else can we do? Like, are we gonna have a Goomba being the next one? Just like. <laughs> make something different right like they already did fucking well, piranha plant right <laughs> Wal- waluigi's not a playable character so the, i think it's got to go there right it's the street fighter yeah. 4 dilemma that that Captain that's what i was gonna say that is exactly what i was gonna say because ultimate street fighter 4 had so dude it had almost every character you could possibly want out of the street fighter franchise but then street fighter 5 came out and it was like no one wants this <laughs> no one wants this enjoy, this turn enjoy your, enjoy your- Enjoy your 12 characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, no, we don't want this. We want to go back to the last one where we can play literally everybody. All like, and now, you know, over time they released those characters again and people bought them, but it's like, it, it, it took a long time for street fighter to take a beating for it to get, come back on top of street fighter six. Um, yeah. But, uh, that's cool. It's cool. They just did street fighter six though. So street fighter five is fucked. Like, right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. so it's, it's just the same, same problem every time. And like, I almost wonder, like, if these are the games that should be live service games, yeah. right? Like, and it, like it, I know they talked about it on Beyond ten years ago when I was like listening to that podcast, or but it's like, yeah. man, there's no, there's, there's no reason for me to buy a fucking Madden every year. Like, there just isn't. Oh yeah. And so like, I, I, I gotta be honest, I'm not gonna spend sixty bucks on Madden every year, but I probably would spend twenty bucks. You know, like sixty bucks on the base game, seventy bucks in the base game, whatever they want to charge, and then like. Oh fuck! Like new class of rookies came in. Like yeah, let me let me Dude. update my rosters. Twenty bucks. Like they get that so, from me every year, every single year. This is the conversation I was just having with Pedro the other day, though. Sports fans are like a giant cow that that these companies just milk. <laughs> I mean. They, they and they produce so much milk, dude. Think about the NFL packages that people buy every single year, or like the any of the sports stuff. I can tell you, like, just from working in video games retail when I was younger, there is nothing that sells like like Madden or the even like the hockey games and like the soccer games, dude. Yeah, people FIFA, go yeah. 
people go nuts over these games every year because they want to play and compete with their friends and stuff. My sister and her husband now, but when they were dating, she almost broke up with him because she found out how much money he was spending on the FIFA like card pack Ulti- thing. The, ul- the ultimate teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like he was spending like insane amounts of money. But you know what? He's Irish and that's what they love. They love soccer. I- apparently there's like roaming Irish gangs in-, in the UK and stuff like that. That like like these the what what Hooligans, I think they're called hooligan gangs. They just like beat the <laughs> crap out of each other after like like soccer matches or football. These, these fancy nerds, but um, every year these 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 fans pay like absurd amounts of money. And Pedro was just complaining because he bought like a, a YouTube TV package or something, and there was like blackout dates. I don't. I'm not. Hey, listen, I'm not a sports nerd. Oh no, dude! But like, I I was I was working on this for my job recently, and it's just like seeing the prices of NFL Sunday Ticket. NFL Sunday Ticket is like the biggest fucking ripoff in the history of sports. It's like almost impressive, and like I can't believe I like subscribe to it every year. But there's no other choice. <laughs> so like, what are what are you supposed to do? My girlfriend's a Cowboys fan. Like they don't show Cowboys games every week here. Like usually we're lucky because like the Cowboys get like the afternoon slot game, right? Because that's like their central time, whatever. And so, like, she just wants to watch Cowboys, and, like, I want her to watch her team. Like, I get to watch my team. It's not fair that she doesn't, but it's, like, how, like at this point in time, it's, it, NFL Sunday tickets been around for 15, 20 years. You can't just subscribe to a team and get every single game. You can right. only get Sunday ticket, which doesn't show you every single game. It only shows you every single game that's out of your market. So if your team is playing on a local channel, but you don't have cable, you can't watch your local team because it's technically available through cable in your area. So it's just like, like, what the fuck? Like, NBA was 32 bucks a month for me to watch every single Celtics game. There's like 15 Celtics games a month. You know, it's like, okay, so that's like two bucks a game. That is so worth it for me. MLB, you can just subscribe for your team. And there's 10,000 baseball games a month. So it comes out to like, I don't know, like they actually give you eight cents every time you watch one of the teams play. But like with the NFL, oh my God, it's just preposterous. It's It's incredible, this this business they've built and like they do it with video games too. It's unbelievable ex- how they get away exactly, with it. That's exactly how I was going to loop that around is that like, yeah, you could spend $20 every year, but they know you're going to spend 70. So why on earth would they make it a live service game? You know, well, that's the thing. Does- I, I don't, I buy Madden once every five, six years, usually whenever a Patriots on the cover. And I was lucky for most of my life because like the Patriots were pretty good. So I bought Madden a couple times because we had Gronk and we had Tom Brady. Patriots aren't going to be good for like another 10 years, probably. I think the defense is actually super underrated this year, but we don't have to get into it. Um, But that said, like, I'm just not going to buy Madden if there's not like a Patriot on the cover or like some wide receiver or running back. Like, they're never going to put a running back on the cover. That's beside the point. But like, unless there's some player that I I just fucking love, like Joe Burrow, you know, or Jamar Chase, like, unless they just put some like random dude, I'm just like, yeah, this guy fucking rips. Like, I love this guy. I'm just not going to buy Madden. I just don't care for it. And I check in every five years just to see if it's any better. And it's usually not. And that's fine. But uh, yeah, I would totally buy it once and then just do a $20. Like same thing, like Elder Scrolls Online. I don't play that shit. But man, when that DLC is on sale for 13 bucks, yeah, that's a pretty good price to me. And I usually buy it and then play 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I don't like MMOs. Why did I do I this? Bought, I bought the whole Elder Scrolls Online package on Google Stadia. Oh my God. That was a big L. Um, oh, buddy. Yeah, I was really into the streaming thing. When I got my Razer Kishi originally, I was like, I'm, this is this is going to be awesome. I can I can play this thing anywhere. 
but um i just the the weird thing we were since we were just talking about like the ea sports games dude the the cover curse is real it really is like it's insane how consistent the cover curse is with like you know like the the um athletes that appear on the cover of ea sports games mm-hmm. having like a like a terrible career after that dude every single fighter from the ea sports ufc games that has appeared on the covers has had a downward spiral after they've they've appeared on the cover ronda rousey conor mcgregor i think anderson Silva was on the first one maybe like hey hey ronda rousey is cleaning up in the wwe right now she is the tag team champion with, with Shayna blazer or whatever her name is right she is doing it right she they just unified the titles because she took out the nxt champions why don't all you do I'm a little saying, research before you run your fucking mouth? Seth? <laughs> all I'm saying is that after she appeared on, uh, I think it was UFC one or two, she got murdered in the ring twice. Like, like, like straight up, oh back God. to back. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude when I say this, but is that when she shit her pants? Like, she got like knocked unconscious and pooped her pants. I did not know she pooped her pants. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I know your boy did, Paul Pierce. All right, that was one time. <laughs> oh my god, that was one time he got pulled he out. He himself. He got he got pulled out in like a a wheelchair, and he was gone for five minutes. And we were all like, "Is he paralyzed? Like, what happened to Paul Pierce?" No, nope, totally just had to like take a shit and probably shit his pants on the floor because he like hit his back so hard when he fell on the ground. But whatever, it's fine. They won a championship. It's all good. I did. I did. I made him shit himself. Also, Lamar Jackson totally shit his pants like two years ago during COVID season when they were playing the Patriots. He did the same thing that Paul Pierce did. Dude, it happens when you get the urge. You just you gotta go. You gotta oh, go. Oh, that's the thing. After you turn after you turn thirty, the amount of times you just roll the dice when you fart is unreal. <laughs> coach, back me up. That's a daily I'm occurrence good, for bro. Coach. Oh, you're good. good. Ooh, yeah. Just me. Okay, I'm bad. All right. You know what? You know what? We're gonna lay it on the table. I want a time frame from everybody. The last time they pooped their pants. Oh, go, God. George, you're first. It's been a minute, but it was also like, oh, that's five a lot minutes. closer than I thought it was. <laughs> five minutes is less. <laughs> <was it>? You <laughs> just changed. <laughs> oh my god! Mid show. God, I don't even know, Seth. I. I it would have had to have been when everybody. I was a kid. I've never experienced that. Coach, you've you've crapped your pants. I know no, you've crapped them tidy whities <laughs> I don't wear tidy whities at bro. the gym. I know you'd be while you're, those, uh, while, you're while you're riding your bike. That's right. <laughs> it just rolls out. I, yeah, uh, I genuinely don't know. It, it would have had to have been when I was a kid. Yeah, I had you've a never, you've never I, let one squirt as an adult, Austin. No. Oh my god. <laughs> guess it's just guess it's just you and me, Seth. I had a bartender when I lived in Boston, like this bar that I always went to called Sweetwater. Rest in peace, love you, Sweetwater. Miss you. Um, there's a bartender. He's like probably like 36 or so, and I was like 24, 25. And I just love this guy because he's like the most stereotypical Boston person you can imagine. And then he just like told me, he's just like, yeah, well, you know, like after you turn like 33, like it, you, you shit your pants like once a year. It's just normal. It's like he was just like <laughs> the, the way he tried to justify because like I got I got really drunk one night and like pissed in an area that was not the toilet, but I was like blackout drunk and had no memory of it. And my girlfriend was so mad at me, and we were like fighting about it at the bar and he's just like oh that's it he just pissed <laughs> he just pissed in the house without the toilet oh well, that's fine one time i shit out a window it's just like oh, <laughs> okay sully and then he just dropped he's just like yeah once you turn 32 33 it's like it's like you're, you're allowed one a year after that okay what if you hit um, two i think the last time i think no i think the last time was actually 2014 2013 i was like walking to a super bowl party 
and I had like gone to a restaurant that I was not super familiar with earlier that day in um in my neighborhood. And I was like walking to a Super Bowl viewing party at a bar, and I thought I just had to fart, and then I was just like, "Guys, I'm not gonna make this Super Bowl party. Like, I, walked, <laughs> I have to walk home in in shit covered pants. This is not great." The my only sister was so mad. The my only bowl was so mad because she was only there for me. It's just, just there by herself. The only bowl George was going to that evening was a white porcelain bowl. The porcelain bowl. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. actually it was. It was a fucking terrible Super Bowl. It was the one where like the Seahawks beat the Broncos like forty-five to seven. Oh yeah. So actually, like I'm really glad I didn't spend however much money on beer just to watch that. Like it, it, it turned out okay. But the last time for me what? was like when I was like twenty years old and I got this horrifying flu and I was like I, I went to throw up and I just I, I threw up so hard that I flexed my body and just crapped my pants at the same time. <laughs> oh, dude, that's 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 uh, that's norovirus. What? I had that in college. I, it's called California norovirus. And it's just, it's like a 48 hour bug you get. And it's like because of like food poisoning. I've had well, that. We're like, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was, it was the worst thing. I, I crapped my bed. I crapped, I crapped my, my pants several times in that period of time. And it was just the, the worst, you, the worst experience. Was it like, was it like poop poop or was it like water? Like you were actually just shitting water? I don't know. It was like, I was like shitting water. Yeah. I was like, I was like, okay. Dying. Yeah. That, that that's norovirus, yeah. Hershey squirts. No, no. I Hershey almost got squirts. close one time. I almost no got Hershey close. I was squirts. at a mall. Oh come on! You were at the at mall. mall. Were you no, getting like yeah. a? So, you getting a little bro, soft pretzel? I was pretzel? doing a beeline. Yeah. yeah got, so I was doing a beeline. I got there. And it was loud, dude. It just like it was it, loud. It roared right like a <laughs> fucking lino. Oh, and the old my man God. next to me, there was an old man next to me, started laughing. He's like, you almost didn't make it. <laughs> Bro. How long ago was this? I was like yesterday. maybe 20. Yesterday. So, okay. about 30 years ago. Okay. Wow, this was not you know, a topic. You just, you, just, you just dated yourself on the podcast. Everyone thought you were 30. Yeah. No one, no one thought I was 30. So. <laughs> well, no one watching over 31. People listening, yeah. People listening thought you were 30. This was a topic I was not expecting to talk about on this episode, so very... pants. Very this good. is the new frame skip. This never would have happened under the old regime. That's true. I'm glad uh, <laughs> glad we got some new blood in here so we could talk about the last time we pooped our pants. <laughs> <laughs> Live on the internet for the world to see. Yeah. For the world to and see. <laughs> hey, Listen, you know I am There's... a proud poop pit. Poopy pants, man. Like, yeah. like everyone does it once. Coach, you got your time is limited, buddy. It's coming for you. All right. The poop pants monster's coming. Just be prepared. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize for being honest, you know. Like, like what, what do you what do you have to be sorry about? I'll that definitely for? let you guys know when it happens. Maybe that. it's because you rock no, <laughs> can, can you call you us as it's so happening? Much, it's like a <laughs> it's, it's like a, a dam. <laughs> like a plug. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. All right. Well, that was a great topic right there. Smash Brothers pooping. Where else where else can we go? This is what happens when there isn't like a direct the week we record. (laughs) We're just like we gotta fill time somehow. Might as well talk about this is the best episode we've ever recorded. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) All right. You need to come and visit us. 
That's true. Then maybe you could see eastward. maybe you could see um George shed his pants in person, coach. Well, let's all go out to George's where it's nice and cool. That's yeah. true. It's here's been what, like ten years. Uh, I'm I'm due. Here's in what we do. Mid January. We all show up. Don't Bro, it tell has been, hasn't it? We all show up at George's house. Don't tell George, and that'll cause him to poop his pants. Yes. Pooping my pants for excitement and not because of uh, food poisoning. That'd be a good change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm I gonna... actually unironically think Austin would be the most fun to visit. There you go. Because uh, you're gonna say I there's a lot near me. I got the cow. Poop his pants next. Because George, you said you live in like a little little suburban town without much going on, right? I live. Yeah, I live. Well, I live in a, like a national park. Like I live in like a fucking sick spot. It's just only sick during the summer when everything's open. But like, there's like two hundred different hiking trails like within a, a twenty minute drive of me. Like, there's beautiful ocean. There's like amazing seafood. Like, this place is sick in the summer. It's just little little dead in the winter. There's no reason to visit my at all. I I live in a little like <laughs> like nonsense area of central PA. I live in a good spot. Well, Austin's been up here. I, li- I live. I live ten minutes away from Dad's house. Austin. Austin came yeah. to my house, and yeah. the one night we were trying to, he came right after the PS4 launched, and this was when um, <clears throat> UStream was still a thing, and people were were uh, getting and doing the nasty on the PS4 <laughs> Twitch, and like they like with the PS4 thing. camera. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we that's and we were right. trying to find people doing it the one night <laughs> that he was staying. I and will we, never we, we forget that. Anybody. Oh my god, but that was. That was uh, that was right after the PS4 came out. I don't know what you were up here for. Were you going to PAX that year? I think so. No, I think it was. Wasn't it for? Um, it had to have been E3? PAX. Had to have been PAX. Oh, he's come up for like two E3s, I think. Right, yeah. Austin. Yeah, I've been up there a few times, I think. But um, yeah, that had to have been PAX though, because it was just you and me. And then I think we went up there like the next day. If I'm, if I'm, yeah, recalling. well, we, we drove, we drove up in Rochelle's car. I think, yeah. right? Yeah. We stopped like 14 times to go to the bathroom. I remember that. <laughs> you guys want to do a PAX East, uh, PAX East next year? I don't think I can next year. Oh, that's right. Well, we're, we're going to be broke because we're going to Disney World in February. But Also, I'm going to Baltimore Comic Con. I don't know how far that is from you guys. but uh, I'm honestly well, not sure. Party. I've never been you, to Baltimore. You, are you flying down to Baltimore? Or are you driving? I'm taking the train. I'm taking the train. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was 1932. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking Amtrak, Seth. How about I like <laughs> fucking full steam ahead up your ass, you dickhead? It's a it's a fucking modern train. Hey, there's an Amtrak station right by us, George. You could be down here in about 40 hours on a train. <laughs> cool. Speaking of the 1800s, I can't wait to fucking tie Seth to it, like a and twirl my fucking mustache and tip my top hat to the camera. Just strap him to Jack the front. <laughs> Some rope. I don't know why that really offended me, but it did. Like I, I get that Maine is like old timey, but it's not that old timey. You know, I, okay. <laughs> seriously though, I have always wanted to try an Amtrak train, but the problem is it's so expensive. When it's, it's like not the same, efficient. it's it's not efficient, and it takes longer, and it's or like the more. same price as yeah. a plane. Oh, uh, I just don't want to fly. And like I really want to go on a train yeah. and us being on trains. And it was like 180 bucks from Maine to Baltimore, which is like 
probably the amount I would it's spend on gas. It's not too bad, I guess. Gas. Yeah. It's, it's how much bad. I would spend on gas, like, there and back anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, because I know I looked so, before, like, seriously, there is a, a an Amtrak station right by us. I looked before, just out of curiosity, how much it would cost to get from here to D.C., because I've never been to D.C. before. And it was still, like, 250 So, and that was, like, a one-way. Well, that, it's awesome, because, like, I can work while I'm on the Amtrak. I cannot work while I'm driving. That's true. Maybe one day I'll experience it. But in the meantime, Coach, we're going to DC, baby. We can, we, yeah. can, we can check out the, those cherry blossoms. I wish that there was a line, a direct uh, train that goes from El Paso to Dallas. Yeah. But if you want to go to Dallas, you got to go all the way down to South Texas in San Antonio, then go up to Austin, and then go up to Fort Worth. It's like 24 hours. Wow. And it's the same price as a plane ticket. It's like, yeah, so Coach, I know I know nothing about El Paso. Is that a fun area to visit? I love it only because it's all about being outdoors, right? So there's like places you could go snowboarding out here. What? Um, yeah, I mean we're right next to uh, <laughs> New Mexico, which is all mountains. So in like two hours, you could be out. You could be snowboarding. I thought Texas had a meltdown a couple of years ago because it was like fifty degrees. No one had heat. And now you're telling me people go around snowboarding in Texas? No, you go up into <laughs> like part, parts of New Mexico. So we're not on that grid, so we didn't have any issues. But it was like below freezing. I think it was like I don't say I don't want to say it was sub zero, but it was right around zero degrees. So. Wrong game. No, dude, wrong game. Was, Tex, I was I was driving through Texas like on a cross country road trip, and Texas was like the most dangerous part because like. That was the only uh, part where, like, I experienced snow and, like, just because, like, the uh, elevation changes, like, especially, like, the northern handle. And, um, man, there's just, like, so many people from out of state who clearly just fucking never driven in snow before. And But there was, like, four inches just dumped out there from the night before. This yeah. is a mind-blowing revelation to me. I assumed Texas was, like, the classic, like, weed rolling across the, the road image in my head <laughs> of, like, no grass, desert land. West Texas is like that, but once you get um, into East Texas, as you go farther east, it's green. It's it's rain a lot of rain. Um, but I remember during that time, during that freeze, my son was living probably about two hours outside of Fort Worth. And he's like, "Dad, um, our pipes froze, and we don't have running water." I'm like, "Welcome to my deployment, son." So. Your yeah. deployment when you'd call us to be on the podcast on your cell phone at 3 a.m. And, and yeah, you'd be all pixelated and cutting in and out. But damn it, you made it. That's right. Good time. <laughs> He's dedicated. Like 3 a.m. or some yep. shit like that. That was a good time. What was, what was easier, Coach, doing that or working Discord? <laughs> that. <laughs> no, Actually, I'm okay yeah. with Discord. Now, I know where to go at least to get the call going. Those were the Skype days. Coach is a Skype, Skype. expert. Yeah, that's right. Do your do your students think you're cool because you know how to work Discord now? My students don't know. George, why would know. why would they? I'm think a teacher. That? They he, hate me. He doesn't know how to use. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even think my <laughs> students use Discord. Hey, leave leave my coach alone. All right, guys, let's wrap it up there. Thank you all for listening to episode 126 of Frame Skip. Good show. Write in any comments, thoughts, questions you have. Of course, we are on YouTube. You can comment on the um, 
the the video here on YouTube. Leave a comment down below if you have anything you want to chat about on the next episode or anything you just want us, want us to see in general. Tell us your thoughts on, on Final Fantasy 16, pooping your pants, taking trains in the 1900s, you know, all that good stuff. So you can find the show, of course, if you've made it this far, you found us somehow. But if you're unaware, we are on YouTube. We do live stream the show every week as we record it. We can be found by just typing in bit.ly, so that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash live on your URL. So bit.ly slash live, and that'll take you right to our YouTube channel. Or you can just go to YouTube and search like YouTube podcast and we should, or uh, Frameskip podcast and we should come up. And then of course, the if you're listening to the video version, you can also find an audio version of the show, usually a, a day or two after we stream it on YouTube. Pretty much on every podcast service, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. So find the show there. And then, of course, we can be found on social media. The show is on social media on everything as at Pod. I'm on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. Seth is at Seth, the 90s kid. And then George is at Shortbox Summary. Coach, he's not on there. Nope. Not on there. Absolutely not on there. So what a peaceful life. <laughs> Seriously. I envy you. I envy you. It's a nice feeling. <laughs> I don't know if we're talking about Twitter or pooping our pants. Which one? Are... That's the question. It can be both. Yeah. So anyway, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Our next episode, we're going to be streaming on, I guess it'll be July 5th at 8 p.m. Really? Eastern time. So there you are. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next next week.